0: This is episode 24 of the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. In today's show we're going to be understanding the huge benefits yoga can bring to our overall fitness, health and well-being. Joining me on the show today is Chris McGee. Before finding yoga, Chris's background in movement centred around rugby, martial arts and personal training. Chris came to the practice of yoga to help relieve several injuries but ended up coming back for the mental benefits, leaving each session happier and healthier. Chris partners with the London Gym Chain Cycle and is ambassador for Lululemon. Hi Chris, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: No worries. So Chris, um, before we kick off into into the podcast, can you give us a little bit of background um about you um and how you become uh, how you got into yoga and became a yoga teacher
1: yeah absolutely um i actually first started practicing yoga when i was uh studying at drama school um all through my life i had been a sort of a sportsman um rugby was my was my primary sport i had a lot of injuries uh off the back of that and um whilst i was studying um, movement as a sort of as an art form the movement teacher said to me like hey your body is broken you can't uh, you can't move around very well like you need to go and do something to help sort of um, repair the damage that you've done uh, so she pointed me in the direction of of yoga that's when I started uh, practicing myself fast forwarding out of that I ended up um, working as a personal trainer for many years um, and it was one of those things that I did to keep myself like healthy and balanced. And no matter how much you say to your clients, like, Hey, make sure that you're, make sure you're stretching, make sure you're doing yoga, make sure you're doing something to rebalance your body. Um, yeah. nobody ever did. So I thought, well, I'm missing a trick. I should probably just go and get myself qualified in this so that I can then offer that as a service as well. And that yeah. was my kind of my, my first route into, um, into teaching yoga was, uh, was for my clients it, I had no, I had no intention of ever <laughs> being a yoga teacher. Uh, um, right. Certainly not a full time yoga teacher doing nothing else um but yeah just as time as time went on, it ended up that that was the path that um that that I ended up taking
0: yeah it's interesting chris i th- I think your background's very interesting as well because there's there's quite a few people that are in the the kind of movement functional movement in yoga space now who have got histories and backgrounds in in rugby mm-hmm. um and you guys get very beaten up obviously doing that sport. Um, but the other key thing that you mentioned there is around, you know, getting people to, to kind of stretch and uh, move before or after exercise. And that's one of the things that, I mean, I used to find, I don't find that anymore, uh, of being a huge inconvenience. You kind of like, well, I can't really see any benefits from it. You know, I've done my workout. I've kind of really smashed myself in the gym. I'm just going to carry on. But actually, after a period of time, your body then starts to actually give you the messages that you can't continue like that right because you you just become so immobile you just you're not able to move in the same way that you were you know even before you started exercise so i've learned through injury actually like yourself you know it's it's hugely important and actually can help you perform better in the long run
1: yeah, absolutely, 100. It's um, it's a shame it normally has to happen that way, but we're all a little bit, uh, a little bit hard headed, a little bit stubborn. We tend to have to, um, especially the first time, we have to learn the hard way that <laughs> you know, those things yeah. are necessary. A lot of people that I speak to have similar stories where it's like, oh yeah, definitely got myself injured doing, you know, enter X Y Z sport activity, weights, etc. Um, and then I ended up doing some yoga, and I'm now I feel much better. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and then and then it actually becomes you know part of your training program. It's definitely become part of mine now because I just know and I can feel particularly around running, I'm just such a better runner because I'm able to move more. You know, I'm able to my cores a lot stronger, my hips are a lot looser, uh, and things like that. So yeah, definitely, I'm a, a big big advocate of yoga. Um, but I wanted to just go into kind of the practice of yoga. Because not many people, including myself, know about the ancient practice of yoga, its roots, where it all comes from. So, can you give us a bit of in- insight into that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, uh, sort of did. I mean, the earliest yoga is kind of vague in terms of when it's recorded. Some, some date back to about 5,000 years ago, some uh, would potentially date it back to almost as far as 10,000 years. Um, right. For the ancient yogis, they were very much. Um, sort of like outsiders on, on like the edge of society. Um, and it was, a, sort of like an introspective practice where they would have gone, lived remotely in the mountains. Um, and it was actually very much initially, um, a mindset practice. So they would have been doing a lot of meditating, um, and a lot of kind of like breath work. And then the purpose of the, the asana, the, um, the posture based yoga that we probably think of Mm -hmm. as yoga when we, uh, in its, in its modern form, um, Mm -hmm. was all because these guys were getting really stiff and sore, um, when they were sitting and meditating for long periods of time. So then all of the, the poses were kind of there to let them kind of like stretch their body out so that they could then return to sit and meditate for longer. And then ultimately what they then tried to develop, which is why it's a a very mindful practice within the asana itself, is that ultimately you don't break your state of meditation in order to do the pose. You have a moving meditation. So you're able to stay in that, um, that sort of like meditative Zen mindset, um, Mm -hmm. whilst you're, whilst you're going through all of the postures. And then that's when it became an extra connection to breath and everything else, um, Yeah, we tend to follow in in the West. There's a lot. Of, there's a like an eight-limbed path of yoga, which is uh, outlined by one of the sort of ancient um yogis called Patanjali, um, and it's all based around um pranayama, which is uh breath work, uh, energy control, breath extension of your body, um, right. asana, and it's all and uh, meditation. Um, to sort of like summarize a lot of the limbs together, um. And it is ultimately like leading you towards a state of uh, enlightenment or higher consciousness.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's interesting, particularly around the breath work, because, I, again, when I first started, it, for me, it was about the movement side of it. But actually, once you start to dial in your breath work and you start to be a lot more conscious around your breathing, you find that the practice of yoga beca- becomes much, much easier in terms of getting into the pose and things like that
1: yeah absolutely and it's one of those things where you think oh but i breathe all the time so yeah it's oh so that bit's going to be easy like oh yeah inhale and do this and exhale and do this or whatever like it's it's never anyone's first concern when they come to the practice but it's so um it's such a it's such a curveball that people thrown where like all of a sudden they're like i couldn't breathe at all or i felt i was holding my breath for like the entire time i was doing all of the things and you're like yeah but it's kind of i think it's also one of those comfort level things so as soon as you start to become a little bit more comfortable with the postures then you can actually start to take your mind onto your breathing or onto something else you know
0: yeah and i i I found it when i first started it's 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 a lot easier said than done to, to really tune out all of the noise that goes on in your head and to really focus on on your on your breath is is actually not as easy as it sounds when you first start out you know it takes a lot of effort really to to kind of cancel out all of that noise
1: yeah absolutely
0: so in terms of um some of us are familiar with yoga asana uh, and the poses but what other aspects of yoga can that can, can be beneficial to us
1: well um it's obviously it's becoming um more popular uh, in in recent times as well because of the real boom in um mental well-being. Uh, as i said um in that sort of like kind of like brief uh, brief history of of where it came from the sort of the ancient part of the practice it's um it's primarily based around um mindset my, like mind training and um meditation as well. So the fact that um You're going to get, you know, you're going to get your, your physical movement. Um, and within that, the physical movement can be, you know, there's lots of different styles of the physical movement so that it can, it can deliver a whole range of things. You know, I teach classes that are, um, incredibly strong and incredibly powerful, um, in terms of body weight moving. So you're going to be You know, really breaking a sweat, really feeling like you're developing strength as well as getting into the body of the muscle to work release of tension um, right the way through to classes that are very, very chilled, very relaxed, where it's going to be all about just finding gentle, steady breath, down regulation of your nervous system, improving your sleep like removing tension from the body and there's no and there's zero stress that goes into a class like that and both those things are are equally valid so the you know the movement itself has lots of lots of different options depending on what it is that you need to get from it on any given day um but yeah the other two the other two big practical takeaways i think for most people are mindfulness um like within their daily lives or that sort of like slight Zen meditative state that they're able to, to uh, tap into anytime that they need to go there. Um, and the breath work is a big one and is in particular a big one I find for, um, uh, sportsmen or other, other athletes, people of other, um, of other disciplines, like yourself, you said uh, that you felt that you find the yoga practice really helping your running. Um, which I have no doubt is a physical thing in terms of like loosening off the hips, the hamstrings, the hip flexors, you know, whatever else it happens to be, um, and the core strength, as you said, but also just your ability to breathe better or like to set up a good rhythm of your breath and then have that rhythm of the breath match, say the cadence of your run is going to be a, a, like a huge, huge factor. So I think, I think, I think breathing mindset and, uh, and obviously the, the, the benefits of the asana practice in, in all of its aspects are the, are the big takeaways, I think, for most people.
0: Yeah, I think particularly on breath work, um, I've only literally only in the last couple of weeks, I've really been focusing on breathing out during my run. And mm. I found that the impact that it's had on my running has been amazing. You know, the fact that you, know, you constantly breathe in and out when you run and you, you, you Again, you're not doing it consciously, but when you consciously breathe out during your run, big deep breaths out, I found that I'm able to run faster um, and longer just because I'm expelling. I'm making a conscious effort of really from the stomach expelling that air out, um, and I, I, that that's yeah, that's been a almost a game changer for me. But also just just breath work in general, so. I had Richie Bostock on a few months ago on the show Yeah. Um, and it was at that time I just started doing breath work. So I will go outside in the morning when I get up. It's only literally for a few minutes, but I'll do kind of just breathing in and out quickly. I'll, I'll breathe in, hold my breath into my stomach for 10 seconds and then breathe out. But the the mental clarity that that thing gives me to start the day is, is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So – What would you say are the biggest challenges when it comes to men starting out in yoga? Because, you know, there is a general perception and obviously yoga has become very popular now um, and there are a lot more men doing it. But there is and there has been in the past like a general perception that yoga is just for for ladies and and girls um, and men don't really do that stuff. But actually, that's obviously not the case. So what would you say is the biggest challenge for men when they first start out?
1: Um, you, you touched on it directly there. Mindset really is the, is is the big deterrent for a lot of guys. It's that sort of like preconception that you set up in your head where you say like, Oh, this is just a bit of stretching or, Oh, this is just for women or, or whatever it happens to be. That tends to be the biggest detractor. And like more often than not, the thing that I hear from people who don't already have a yoga practice is, Oh, but I'm, Oh, but I'm not flexible enough to do it. And it's like well, that's like saying that you're too dirty to take a bath you know it's the the, the flexibility comes from the practice it's not a, it's not a prerequisite that you have to have for the practice, but ultimately, a lot of the things that we do we like to be competitive and we like to be um, successful and it's really one of those things that it, you you already know that you have um, something lacking yeah that, that the practice is going to highlight and that's quite a confronting thing you know for for a lot yeah. of people they, they they don't necessarily like to have what they're bad at quote quote bad at you know pointed out yeah, yeah. and yeah. this is and this is a practice that will do that so if you struggle to balance on one leg you're going to know about it within this you know 60 75 90 minutes like whatever whichever class you happen to be in if yeah. your left side is weaker than your right side you're going to find out about that if your left shoulder is tighter than your right shoulder this practice is going to show you that to you. So it kind of like, it can be quite confronting and the, that as a, as a thing, some people just don't like that. No. You know, so, some people, you know, come away from it and they're like, that was impossible. I couldn't do <laughs> yeah. any of the things and this was on and this happened and I was holding my breath and this and this and this and they're like, I'll be back next week. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. and sometimes people, if they don't have, success straight away then they don't want to put the effort in you know it's um that's that's kind of like the one of the biggest drawbacks i think something as well is just like i suppose is you you're interesting as well for your um listener base this is a practice for men yeah like yoga was not practiced by women until the modern era right like the it, you know all yogis were men from you know 5 to 10000 years ago right the way up until you know very very modern times like the last couple of hundred years yeah. so it's it, it, it i understand sort of as it's developed in the west that it's become um oh like look at all of these girls like going and doing yoga and whatever else and it has all of those stereotypes associated with it because yeah. again like a, when women have a natural tendency towards flexibility that perhaps we don't have in terms of the freedom in their body so they might be drawn more towards that as a discipline um yeah. but you know they also have the, their own deficits that like it's it's important to recognize that everyone is working on their individual strengths and weaknesses within it within a session so for example um i do a lot of uh, press-ups like right. in, a, in a class right so there'll be um the, the movement is called the chaturanga it's sort of like a 90 degree press-up is the easiest way to um describe it for any of your um any of your people that, that haven't necessarily practiced before um right. and i'll put holds in i'll put repetitions i'll make them come down and come back up to plank again a few times and again all of this is like in connection with breath and still works within the flow and the mindset of the yoga practice but you find that like that that is a moment in a class where and obviously i'm generalizing quite greatly here because i also have an awful lot of very strong female students um but that is a moment of challenge primarily for females whereas most of the guys that come to class can knock out two or three press-ups the tempo might be slightly different the holds might be slightly different whatever else but that's not normally a moment where the chaps will struggle. No. You know, that. but it is a big moment where the ladies would struggle. And then something like downward facing dog is generally speaking a moment where the ladies are chilling out and having a lovely time. And if anyone had a body like me, whenever I first started the practice, downward facing dog was like hell on earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I can relate. <laughs> yeah yeah and like you know in one of my one of my i remember one of my first ever yoga teachers she kept saying just come back to your downward facing dog to rest and i was like what are you talking about rest like this is awful you know cause, yeah. yeah it's it's a bit it's a big pose because it requires a lot from your body so what did i have that again i'm i'm generalizing quite greatly here but the, the problem for most guys is we have Tense shoulders, we have tight backs, tight hamstrings. Like we're strong, but the back line of our body is very bound. And mm-hmm. when you're in your downward facing dog, you've got your arms up over your head, and you know your biceps are by your ears. The hands are on the floor, but you're trying to get your your arms into that overhead position. You're trying to stick your bum up in the air as high as you can, lengthen out through your lower back, and you're trying to lengthen your legs. So you're working through the back of your hamstrings. So it. Automatically highlights the three places where we are probably the tightest, <laughs> and therefore it becomes like a huge struggle. So I think you're, you're always going to have those moments. Um, every you know everybody is different as well. I think that's the kind of like the beautiful thing about the practice and the fact that if you go to like an all levels class, you can see that various different people are taking different options, different variations, different modifications, using the props in different ways. Like, and ultimately it doesn't matter. You know, when I, when I first started, I came to class and I wanted to win, Yeah, (laughs) like straight up. (laughs) I was like, I am going to win this yoga class. I'm going to smash it today. Whatever, whatever she does over there, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do the next version as well. Like it was, it was that, but that was my whole life up to that point. The only type of, the only type of training I had ever engaged in was, for the purpose of performance, was for the purpose of metrics, you know, it was to be measured, it was to be compared, it was to be pushed and progressed, and it was to be competitive. So it was, you know, what, like, why else do we play sport? Like, why else do we care about the numbers of the weights that we lift or, you know, any of these things? And that was the, that was my attitude towards the yoga practice. And, because of that, I was punishing myself. Like every class was awful because I was pushing and pushing and pushing. And by the action of pushing, I never got a chance to relax. So even though I was there to release all of this tension, I didn't feel like I was making any progress. Yeah. Because of like because of that. And that was then like a real it was it was a real um like crutch that was hold that was holding me back um was having that attitude same with you know shavasana the um the lying down bit at the end uh again for people that that don't that don't practice already um i couldn't i couldn't chill out i was like i don't get it i don't get it why are we like why do we lie down why why is everybody just lying down we're just yeah. lying down like surely we could have done five minutes more of like whatever <laughs> why are we like why are we just lying down um and you know i like could like couldn't close my eyes couldn't chill out and like didn't feel like i had any purpose in that moment yeah um which I, again as people start to practice i get it like i was that person i know um but when like after about six months in i wasn't making any progress my body still felt tight i still felt like you know all of the injuries like all of the things like all of the reasons that i was there all of the stuff that i was trying to work on wasn't getting any better and i had this moment like this sort of like make or break moment where i was going to um where i was going to quit where i was like i don't want to go back i don't want to do it again um i'm, uh, I'm sorry is your podcast uh, explicit or not
0: Uh, yeah yeah, a little bit
1: (laughs) a little bit um i had uh an effort moment (laughs) where where i where i said um where i said right do you know what like i'm just gonna go today and i don't care if i do all the poses and i'm just like it doesn't matter because when i'm pushing myself i'm not getting any better anyway so whatever i'm just gonna go and i'm just and if i have to just like lie down i don't care I don't care. And I had, and that was, and I had this shift in my attitude towards the practice and I went that day and it was the first day that I was able to kind of like really sort of settle into the breath. And by the time we got down to Shavasana, I fell asleep. Wow. It was the, it was the first time I had practiced. It took me over six months. It was the first time I had practiced that I was able to actually relax. Yeah. And all of a sudden you know, the teacher woke me up at the end of Shavasana, and I was like, "Whoa, what?" I didn't think I, like, how long, "How long was I asleep for?" And like, I probably was only asleep for a couple of minutes, but I felt great. Like my yeah. body felt, my body felt good. I felt energized. I was like, "Oh wow!" Like my, my shoulders feel good. Oh, my hamstrings feel great. Like all of the all of the things that I was there for, all of a sudden were were feeling the benefit of the practice because I wasn't in that kind of like state of constant tension <laughs> because, you know, because I wasn't trying to smash myself. I wasn't trying to win. Um, and that was a real epiphany for me when it, when it, uh, when it came to to practicing. So then that was my new attitude when I went in and then, you know, fast forward six months down the line, then, the difference that I had made in the first six months compared to the difference I made in the second six months was astronomical. You know, like that was the, the, the second six months was obviously, um, a huge, huge development of progress in terms of how my body felt physically, how I was moving and the capabilities that I had within the practice. And ultimately that did not come from longevity of practice that came from shift of mindset. Yeah i know that was sort of sort of a tangent away from um the the challenges to what what men have when they're starting out but yeah that was
0: no i think i think that's very valuable and for for a number of different reasons really one is i can definitely relate to that and i think it's i'm not sure you might be able to correct me if i'm wrong but i'm not sure if it's a male ego thing because you know, we go to the gym, we go train, you want to go hard, we want to smash it out, we want to get results. Yeah. And then when you come to yoga, that's a completely different, that's opposite. You have to switch it on its head. And even now, I still struggle with it. So as an example, you know, the downward dog. When I first started, I went to my first class, and I'm like, and right, I'm going to get my heels straight to the floor. No way. I'm lucky if I can get them 45 degrees. But then, as a male, you're like, oh, I'm going to force it. I'm going to push it. I'm going to push harder. And actually, from you know, as as you've just said, that that has the opposite effect. Um, and it's, it's that slowing down almost to speed up. That kind of old adage. And I completely agree with you. You know, when I lie down, even now, I don't think I've still mastered it. Because when I lie down on the floor, I close my eyes. My mind is racing a hundred miles an hour, and for me to try and tune that out takes a lot of effort, so yeah, I completely completely relate to it
1: yeah i mean ego- ego is a big thing for sure it's a big thing and um i don't uh, you know I don't necessarily think that it's a it- it's it's got a lot of negative rap, you know um mm. but I think the important thing to remember is that we all have one and, Absolutely. It's, and it's not necessarily something that you um get rid of you. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 the practice, the practice of yoga, doesn't rid you of your ego. Like I can't say to you like, Oh yeah, 10 years, 10 years down the line and I have no ego anymore. Like I I definitely do. And I think the other thing as well to not, to not blow the line on is I'm very big on people having goals and having, um, things that they're working on because I think that it gives you purpose. And I think giving your practice a direction or a purpose, is an amazing tool to help you stay focused to help you stay dedicated disciplined committed to whatever whatever it is you're doing and that's what that is any 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 discipline that could be uh, running or it could be lifting weights or it could be martial arts or it could be yoga or whatever i think having a having those goals and having that purpose helps to helps to keep you in it because you know consistency is king in everything right and it doesn't matter what the discipline is consistency is where you begin to really see benefit um but consistency from the right mindset and i think it's important then to recognize those moments because what what the shift was for me away from the ego the ego was like coloring my whole class with one big brush stroke. like <laughs> like it's all gonna be this like it's go time push (laughs) and that was and there are some you know there are moments where stuff is hard and you have to have that little bit of drive in you to be like no do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna push i'm gonna i'm gonna hold this plank for an extra three breaths or i'm gonna you know try this thing that they're talking about even though i might not be able to do it like i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a go um and i think that those moments are necessary but i think it's also necessary to be able to have that that constant conversation with yourself where you're like Hey, why am I doing this right now? Yeah, because as soon as you then start to understand your why, then you start to add more colors. Then you start to add more detail to the to the layers of your practice, and you're able to say like, Ah, oh, yes. I'm, I'm. Do you know what? Why am I trying? To, why am I trying to get my heels to the floor? Yeah. Why am I trying to do that? Oh, because I saw in a yoga post or a, like a photo or I, I, I'm looking at the person beside me and their heels are on the floor. So I think that that's the way that the pose is meant to look. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like that shift of every, everybody is different, right? We know this. Yeah. There are obviously yeah. certain like common characteristics that we all share, but you are not the same as the person on the mat beside you. So ultimately your posture will not look identical to that person's posture. So trying to put yourself in their pose isn't super helpful. No, I don't actually demonstrate an awful lot when I teach Okay. for that reason. Um, I, I will explain to you verbally where I want you to be. And then I will come and I will help people make corrections into that space. Because ultimately what happens is if I demonstrate it, people just watch and then they try and copy. And unfortunately, it's not a process of osmosis like that. Like you can't just see me do it and then automatically do it. It's also like the finesse within the posture. You know, it's like even the quicker classes, there's still a lot of detail that goes on in terms of like, what am I meant to be feeling? And it's a feeling practice more than anything else. And that's where you kind of get into all of like the, the subtle body energetics. Um, within like within yoga so it's like you know try this does do you feel this is opening up your hamstrings if it is great stay with that if it's not try this try this and it's yeah. like you know different paths same destination it's like rather than it being like oh i have to get my heels to the ground it's like well if i stop worrying about taking my heels to the ground but i actually start thinking about engaging my quads you know for example or um you know tilting my pelvis up into the air a little bit more does that get me more benefit in that moment do i actually feel length and release from those things versus the tension that would happen if you're trying to you know drive your heels to the ground so uh, you know it's i think it's it's also a strategy thing like the the less you make your decisions from that place of ego the more detailed you are and then the easier it is for you to kind of like pick and choose your battles and uh, and develop a strategy within your practice.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you, you say that you don't t- tend to demonstrate too much at the front of the class because, you know, e- uh, you know, as we've already said, everybody's individually different. And, you know, if, if a guy next door to you on the other mat is putting his fil- heels to the floor and you're not – it's almost like a competitive thing that you have to do that. But actually what you don't realize is where that person has come from in terms of, you know, what they've done up until now, which enables them to get their heels to the floor. They could have been practicing for, for God knows how many years prior to, to that individual class, right? So um, it's, it's like you say, it's having your why and focusing solely on you and just really, you know, understanding what your body can and can't do. Um, and one of the other things that, that um, I found is that because it was such a slow it is, it is a kind of a slow process in terms of you know getting yourself into the various different positions and things like that and then when you see others you know, abs- you know absolutely nailing the poses you're like it's, it's incredibly like why can't I do this this is ridiculous I should be able to stretch into this it's such a simple you know kind of calm and and slow process why can't i get in that position and it's again just focusing on yourself isn't it
1: yeah it's focusing on yourself and again like it was one of those things for me where i was like um i always i always came at those comparisons from a negative space yes I, and i think it was interesting what you said about like you don't know how long that person has been practicing for and i would add to that and i would say you know you don't know their their length of experience you don't know their um natural tendencies you know like some like some people some people have are genetically predisposed to be faster some people are genetically predisposed to be able to be more explosive some people are genetically predisposed to be able to be more flexible like there are there are certain markers that we have which lend themselves in these directions so you don't know what skill set they bring in the first place as well which is why it's also very difficult to say like. you know, if, if a guy comes to me and says, Hey, I've been practicing for a year. Like, what would you like after a year? Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's kind of, and it's, and it's kind of, again, I get, I understand the why, because they're, because they're trying to get a point of reference to make sure that they're along the right track or, or whatever it happens to be. But ultimately like everyone's journey is going to be totally different. You know, and another thing then to say is like, well, how many times a week do you practice? How long? Like, how long do you practice for? Because again, like, if we're coming back to consistency, it's like, it's like, oh, like you want to get better at running. Like, how often do you go running? (laughs) You know, it's uh, like it. There's, there's, you know, there's something to be said in terms of that. Um, but yeah, like I started to whenever I, because ultimately there will be those moments, right? You're trying your best to stay focused on yourself and whatever, but you're in a, you're in a collective, like you're in a room full of other people, and people are awesome. Like And they do ridiculous and incredible things with their body. (laughs) And you're like, and so instead of negatively critiquing myself and saying like, why can I not do that? I was like, wow, I'm going to be able to do that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's like, or it's like, I can't do that yet, but that's possible. Like I'm watching somebody in the same room as me do that. Someone over there is balancing on their forearms, and I was like, "That's crazy. How did yeah. you learn?" Uh, and then it's like, "Hi, how? how did you learn how to do that?" And then it, and then it, it, it lured me into the inquisitive, you know I was I was fascinated by those things, and then I wanted to unpick it a little bit further. And then it was more about a thirst for knowledge and then application of knowledge through the practice. That that then makes those things a possibility, rather than being like, oh, like I'm terrible because I can't yeah. do what that person is doing. It's like yeah. I, I was I was just more like these are all sources of inspiration. Yeah. If, if someone in this room can do that, then it is absolutely possible that I can do that as well. For mm-hmm. 90, for ninety nine percent of the poses. You know, there are, there are certain ones where you're just like, Hey, like that ain't for me because of X, Y, Z, it could be something to do with your body architecture or something to do with your movement history to that, you know, to that date. Like for example, like some of the deep hip open and poses aren't possible if you have a really deep uh, ball and socket joint, because everyone's, everyone's pelvis is going to be slightly different. So if you've got a really deep ball and socket joint, some of the things just won't be there for you, you know? but it's not to say that there aren't equally valid other postures, uh, in terms of like creating the same sensation. So sometimes you have like a physical thing like that, or, you know, like I said, like there's a, 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 boundary that needs to be worked on. Like, Oh, I'm not quite strong enough for that yet. Or I don't quite have the flexibility that I need to, to get to, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Um, and again, that's like, I've never injured myself doing yoga. Okay. Um, but I have heard of people injuring themselves doing yoga And it's, um, again, like, it's not the yoga that does the injuring. It's the attitude (laughs) of of pushing yourself to a place of suffering or pushing yourself to a space where something is going to snap, you know, like forcing your way into a pose because again, ego, like you want to be in the pose rather than like listening to your body and saying, do you know what? Like I'm good right here. Like this is, I'm already getting whatever I need to be getting from this space. So yeah
0: yeah and 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 for me as well it comes back to a little bit to kind of responding and not reacting and what i mean by that is exactly you know the scenario you gave when you see someone else in a class doing a move that you can't do instead of reacting and saying well you know i can't do that because of xyz how about respond and think that's interesting how can i now get to that point right so, and I think, you know, it comes back to the whole mindset thing as well, doesn't it? I think habitually, we're very, we, it's very easy for the human mind to to jump into the negative and say, well, I can't do that because of this, or, you know, or oh, oh, they've been doing it crazy. I just can't do it, you know, but just having that awareness to reframe it and having that kind of um, appetite for learning is is is, is really key.
1: Yeah. Um, ultimately mindfulness is the, the space that we create between stimulus and response. Yeah. So it's that kind of like something is being input and I am able to take a step back and have a moment and then, and then allow that, you know, that response to happen. And that can, it it, it can be instantaneous. It can be in the moment, but if you're actually being mindful about your actions, even though they are very fast it's it's still with that like awareness because again like i thought like a, people have patterns and habits right we are we are creatures of habit and like we thrive off of these things yeah. um, and sometimes your habits are good and sometimes your habits are bad but ultimately when it comes to yoga you you don't want to work from a place of habit no what you want no. is is mindfulness in these moments so i talk a lot in class as well about like just just be aware of it like be aware yeah. of your of what you do that thing yeah. that you do like that variation of that thing that you do why why do you do that mm. do you do it because you always do it or do you do it because it serves you in that moment and just simply something of, of having that question because you know like uh, let's say someone cuts you off when you're driving and your yeah. typical yeah. response would be to like flip them off or scream or yeah. shout or or whatever it is right that's not to say that that response is not valid. No. I th- and again, I think this is why sometimes it gets a negative rap because people are self critical of, like, oh, the thing that I already do is bad.
0: Yeah. And actually,
1: yeah. no, do you know what? Maybe that was like someone who needed to be shouted at because their behavior is selfish or, you know, X, Y, Z. But just having that moment to say, like, am I going to do what I normally do yeah. or am I going to do this thing? instead yeah and like simply by asking the question you're in a mindful space yeah and then and then whichever decision you make from that mindful space is right because you give yourself the opportunity of choice
0: definitely definitely i completely agree with that yeah absolutely um and that's something that i've been working on outside of yoga as well is this whole kind of responding and not reacting just taking that split second to say hold on a minute how, what, how am I going to deal with this? What's going on? How am I going to deal with this? Right, I am going to do this. You know, and this to, for people listening might sound a bit crazy, but it, it just enables you to deal with things in a much, much better way, and ultimately for you personally stops you becoming you know stressed out, you know, um, irate, and all the rest of it. And I just think it's a much better way to, to deal with certain situations. Now, I know that's a little bit off tangent for yoga, but I think it's part of yoga anyway.
1: I think it's, I think it's actually completely on tangent for yoga because ultimately like yoga is not a practice of poses that you do in a room. Yoga right. is a, yoga is a practice to enhance your whole life. Yeah. Like it is a, it is a a lifestyle practice that you're engaging in. Mm. And for me, it was, you know, I, I was a massive hothead, like yeah. huge, huge hothead. Um, I had such a bad temper and, right. I, and all of a sudden, like it was, I call it sort of like the sneaky backdoor benefits of yoga. Cause again, like very similar to yourself. I was there for the physical and then ultimately I started to kind of recognize the physical and the breathing and like whatever else was going on in the room. Yeah. But after a little while I was like, Oh wow. Like, like, and people that had known me for years were like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> they were like are you yeah. like like what's like what's going on and i was like what do you mean and they were like you're very like you're just very relaxed yeah like you seem you seem very different like your attitude is different and, and this and this and this and and i was kind of like hmm is it <laughs> and <laughs> it, like it, it's almost something that i didn't recognize until it was pointed out to me yeah but like it had this like this huge impact on the way I was living my life day to day Mm. all of a sudden like I was like wow like I'm less stressed (laughs) yeah like hmm, and like when you think about it as something like that like it's not a washy thing it's like wow this is this is a practical tool something that I can do something that I can invest my time in that is going to let me live my life in a better healthier way. And and like, you know, there was a long time where I did yoga and nothing else. I stopped, I stopped lifting weights. I stopped playing sport. I stopped doing everything because I was able to like modify and adapt the physical asana practice in order to make sure that I was getting enough of what I needed for my body. But ultimately I was like, this thing has the most bang for your buck out of anything else that I do. And I was like, and I can do it every single day because I can go every day. And one day I can go and I'm feeling fresh and I'm feeling energized and I can really push. I can be like, yeah, like today is the day that I want to work on my strength and I want to challenge my handstands and I want to do all of those things. And if I'm tired, I can go the next day and I can be like, oh, today's the day where I just get to sit down in child's pose or I just get to like breathe deeply. And both Mm. those practices are valid. I was like, wow, like this is a thing that means that I, no matter what I'm doing in the room, I'm, I'm, I'm successful. Like this, this practice was a success because coming back to what we said before, I was mindful about what I was doing. Yes. Yeah. And it's that, you know, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, I've like, it's, it's great to hear that you're, (laughs) that you're having that, that similar experience as well. Um, in terms of yoga off the mat
0: yeah and and the other thing i want to mention as well is that that's now translated over to my my kids so in a in a i'm not sure if you're a parent or not yet chris but um uh, you know when you have stressful situations with your children um just stopping and saying right this is not this is not going well let's just stop a minute let's just reflect on it and then let's deal with it and and instilling that into your kids is so profound because that enables them when as they grow up to be more mindful about their actions, about their responses to things and how they deal with things. And it makes them, in my opinion, a much more balanced individual as they start to grow up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. I mean, it, children are amazing because they're little sponges, you know. Um, and we already recognize that they're little sponges when it comes to um movement because that's obviously like they they don't understand us but they see us moving and walking around and then that's how they end up starting to crawl and start to stand and start to walk and kind of like develop through that then they're sponges in terms of language so they they learn to talk by listening to us talk so they develop you know they develop their speech that way so again like people are like oh please don't swear around the kids or <laughs> you know cuz like yeah. you say it and then like they're going to be saying it all day um, and Like there, and in same with when it comes to skills, like we look at all these like amazing sportsmen or these like magnificent musicians or whatever it is who have been like, oh, I was playing the piano from the age of two, and it's that kind of like you know they, whilst their 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 brain is so so fresh, they absorb all of these things. I think Mm -hmm. the thing that we, the thing that you're touching on that often gets neglected is they're sponges in terms of energy as well. So if you are putting out a like high frequency stressed out erratic energy all the time then they're feeding off of that it's like when you see um if you see like a toddler having a tantrum in the shop and if the parent is shouting at the toddler you're like this is like, you're not like, you are not uh, picking the correct strategy for success in this moment. Like ultimately, like you need to bring yourself right down because then that's going to be the only thing that kind of like brings them back down as well. You know, and yeah. you being able to say like, I'm putting out this kind of mindful approach or like, okay, I sense that we're going here. So I'm again, like making a conscious choice to say, I'm not going down the same path that we're going right now, I'm going to take a U-turn and I'm going to bring myself over here knowing that that little sponge is going to soak up (laughs) what, you know, whatever it is that you're, that you're putting out yourself. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I I mean, I could, I could talk about this for for, for hours and hours and hours because I just think it is such a valuable process and a tool to use, but in terms of, um, you know, some of the dads and men that are listening to this, that, you know, I've not even considered doing yoga or I've never practiced yoga. What would be um, some of the things that you would say, Chris, is a a good starting point?
1: Definitely, if you have the opportunity to go and practice with someone face-to-face, I would say it's going to be super, super beneficial, especially in those early days, because it just makes you, it means that you're getting some outside feedback um i know that it's not always accessible and that people will often practice online or will do things that they can kind of like get to whilst they're still in their house um which is awesome and i'm like i have an app uh that people if people want aren't or like like my sort of like what i'm (laughs) what i'm talking about and they have any interest in practicing with me there's a free version of that which i can um i can send you a link to so you can you can link the listeners up with that um if they if they are practicing at home but if you have the opportunity to get to a studio or to your to your gym like a class in your gym and practice with someone face to face um it's really it's going to be like super super important to get that early feedback because then that's just going to let you know cuz a lot of the time we we think we're very aware of our body but we're actually very tuned out um and just being able to being able to get sort of like back into your body or being able to get an outside source to say like Hey, I know you think that you're doing this, but you're not right now. Yeah. You're actually doing this, so try this, this, and this instead. Um, it's uh, is invaluable, I think, in the in the first um, in the first like sort of month or so of practicing. Um, yeah. Lots of, and like just be aware of what you're going to. You know, there's there's a lot of different names. There's a lot of different labels that like various different studios will have for classes. But ninety nine percent of the time, there will always be something that's called like beginners or foundations or fundamentals or you know whatever it happens to be um get yourself along to a couple of those sessions um, okay. and even if that's not your even if that's not your vibe even if you, you're like oh well i don't want to do the basic stuff like i want to do all of the whatever like you know we know from everything that we do like you're not going to load up a, a squat rack and with like 140 kgs uh first day you step into the gym <laughs> you know <laughs> okay. like that's like that's the the easiest way to get yourself injured because again it's an ego move right so just just taking that out of the the equation just saying like hey like i actually don't know what i'm doing so i'm just going to go and and learn something and that that attitude of like i'm here to invest in myself to improve my knowledge base and whatever else it is so um so yeah i would say like get down to a few of those sessions if you can first and then as soon as you feel like do you know what yeah i've got the I've got a little bit of the lingo down now. I sort of know where my hands and my feet go when I'm doing this. I sort of know what it means when they say take a vinyasa. And I know what it means when, you know, whenever, uh, what's, like, what's the difference between an up dog and a down dog? Like, you know, you, once you feel like you've got, you're empowered with a little bit of, a little bit of knowledge, then I think it's um, a really great space to then step into to whatever other type of practice you want, you want.
0: Yeah, and I I think this comes back to what you said in in the beginning around consistency, right? So, you know, to use your analogy about going into the gym and just putting 140 kgs on and doing a squat rack, you wouldn't do that. You know, you're not going to get the results immediately. You know, I think everyone lives in this Amazon, inverted commas, Amazon economy right now where you, you, you order it today and you want the result tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. Fitness, nutrition, yoga, whatever we're talking about, it just doesn't work like that. So you have to be consistent and you have to give it time. As, as you said, you know, if you force it, it just won't work. It just won't happen. So yeah. that's that's so key.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, like, that's not to say that you won't get any benefits at, no. like, early doors. You know, there, there's, there's lots of benefits. And I think it comes back, again, to what goals are people setting for themselves and, is, you know, is your goal realistic? Because, um, like I, you know, I could say to you, my goal is to run a marathon, but I'm not going to go and do that tomorrow (laughs) or, or be like, Hey, listen, Hey, listen, I signed up for a marathon next week. So I'm going to start training today. You'd be like, Oh no, (laughs) you know, and not not to say that I couldn't go out and do it, but there's a strong possibility that I'm going to suffer greatly (laughs) by doing Mm, that. Or that I'm going to do myself some serious damage, like I'm going to go out and I'm going to injure myself or or something is going to happen because I simply have not prepared or I have not allowed myself to build up to that, you know, to that level of whatever it is. Um, and I think that yoga is the exact same as that, you know, it's like, hey, like, have your goal, like, awesome. Like, what is it like, do you, you want to touch your toes? Amazing, great. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with you having the goal, but let's not be like, I need to touch my toes by the end of this week, or I'm not coming back to practice again. It's like, no, like, you know, where was I when I started? Hmm. Okay. So I was like here. Okay. Then I went back the next time and I could, I could go a little bit further. Oh, and then I went back that third time, but I had done a heavy leg session the day before. So actually my body was tighter. So I kind of went back to where I was oh, okay, so maybe I need to make sure then that I do this and this versus this and this. And it's like, yeah, like it's an an evolution of that, of that process rather than like, here's my thing, I'm going to put my blinkers on and I'm going to go at it, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's really key. So Chris, uh, before we finish off then today uh, and to sum up, what were the five key actions you would recommend the listeners can take away today to help them bring some yoga into their into
1: their lives I would say um, mindfulness in action is that is that real big one that we talked about. Just in terms of like yoga off the mat, um, being able to take a step back, um, creating that space between stimulus and response. Um, you, you said uh, react react versus respond. Was that your uh, terminology for it? Yeah, I think that that's you know that's perfect um, in terms of the way that the way that people engage in their daily lives. Um and then off the back of that, I think it's gonna, you know, sort of like allow you to be a little bit more uh aware of what it is that you're doing in terms of your habits, your patterns, mm-hmm. like it does this serve a purpose, does it not serve a purpose? And just being a little bit more uh analytical, having a little bit more of that self inquiry as to why we do the things that we do or why we think the way that we think, um, is gonna is gonna hopefully create a, a real positive shift for people in terms of what they're doing in their daily lives, but also how they feel and how they think going forward. Um, breath work we touched on is a, is another big one. Um, and that's it's something that I'll, that I often will say, like it's the easiest bit of the physical yoga practice that you can drag and drop into, into any other moment in your day, you know? And we sort of already know that already. It's like, oh, someone sends you an Irea email, you're going to say you you type your response and then it's like before you hit send stop take three deep breaths (laughs) like read it one more time and like that is the pranayama like that is the breath work in action right there and like we all know that that's a possibility so it's just being able to then say like okay like actually i'm gonna take that on board or like you said you step outside and you do a couple of breath holds or you do that you know You take a few deep deep breaths before you set off on your on your day or before you kind of like head out to whatever it is that you're going to do and it just it just gives you an opportunity to press that reset button and you just kind of like refresh yourself back into the present moment um and then operate from that space of presence rather than that kind of like autopilot that we sometimes get sucked into uh like the physical asana practice is is amazing so it's going to be it's going to be up there in terms of like what people can take into their into their lives and know that it's you know different strokes for different folks it's different practices for different bodies and it's different practices for different days depending on your different circumstances and all of the practices are valid like everything is valid so don't concern yourself if you go and one day you're able to do a hundred chaturangas and a handstand and the next day you're not like yeah that's okay like it's okay for it's okay to have a day where you're where you're working on challenging yourself and and testing the limits of what's possible and it's okay to have a day where you go and you're a little more chill and again it'll depend on where it fits into your training regime my current regime is 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 balanced out you know i i do um things that help work on my aerobic capacity because that's one of the, the sort of like the lacking things in yoga. I do some strength work. I do some pulling strength work specifically because there's not a lot of pulling in the yoga practice. So I'll do a lot of kind of like ring work or bar work or things like that. So that I'm developing the, the back line of my body, like the posterior chain a bit more. So yeah. there's a way to kind of like find the perfect blend. Obviously I'm a yoga teacher. So the majority of my yoga practice is, you know, that's, that is the majority of my movement week. <laughs> um, yeah. you're, you're a runner. There's no way that I would say to you, Hey, I'm going to need you to stop running and do n- nothing but yoga. Cause that's going to improve your running. It's like, no, I have to find a, a healthy balance of those two things. So I think that would be the other thing to take away from this is like, Hey, don't, um, don't assume that this is the, the only thing that I'm telling you to do. What I'm saying is like, be smart about how I can integrate this into my life to make it Sustainable long term and also to help me improve in all of the other areas of the things that I'm already doing physically or in terms of lifestyle or, or whatever else is going on. Yeah, I think I don't know if that was four or five, but there's I'm uh, sure there's enough in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's perfect because I think one of the things that I want to mention as well, I, I actually did a video on it this week, and that is you know, when you're saying about you know, one day you, you'll go there and, you, and you'll do one. One practice, another day you'll go there and you'll just relax and just kind of, you know, kind of me- almost meditative uh, practice. Um, we're not machines, and so we can't continually do the same thing day in day out. It's just not natural. It's just not, you know, part of of hu- who we are as humans. So it's it's just understanding that and just accepting it, because I, I think all too often we try and force stuff, and I. I'm definitely guilty of that. You know, if I've run a, a 5K and, a, you know, four minute 30K per K one day, I want to go and do the same the next day. But the reality is you can't necessarily do that because your body reacts and responds in different ways. So it's really important that you understand that and you know your body. And it might seem all a little bit kind of woo-woo and the rest of it, but it's, it's so important and it's so beneficial.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right.
0: So – um, before we wrap up then Chris is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel that I should have asked you which would benefit the listeners
1: no I think we covered a lot of stuff um, if I mean if I were to add anything else I would just like I would just say like just give it a go yeah you know like it, there's it, there there is that real kind of um, fear factor sometimes that holds that holds us back because mm. we're worried about looking bad or we're worried about not, not being very good at it or worried about not being the most flexible person in the room or whatever. And I think if you just take that pressure off yourself, that it's not, it's not necessarily about success and failure and just give it a go. Like if you go, if you go in with sort of a, like an open mind, cause again, depending on the style of class that you go to, there may be some elements where you're a bit like, oh, this is a bit out of my comfort zone. You know, like there's, there might be some, you, you might end up with a teacher who is, um, a little bit more spiritual or who's a little bit more focused on you know the the yoga mythology or a little bit more focused on chanting or whatever it is or a bit more about the sanskrit language that the that the pose names come in or or whatever it happens to be and all of those things are very much outside of our modern comfort zone and again are all detractors like all things that that uh, give you excuses not to go, Ooh, I don't want to go because they did that. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, I don't want to go because it's like that. And actually like, just, you know, just, just give it a go. Just yeah. give it a go because it's, it's, a, it's a take what you want and leave what you don't. So, well, certainly my attitude towards teaching it anyway is like, Hey, like I'm offering up these things. And if you're just here for a stretch, great. If you're here for a stretch and maybe a little bit of like, mindfulness great if you're here for philosophy great if you're here to connect to your body energetically great if you're here to work on your handstand great like all of the classes have all of these things but i don't know what your goals are so just be open to going and experiencing what it is that you need like ah this is the bit that i need and i'm okay with not worrying about the chanting or not worrying about the the funny language or not worrying about you know like any of that other stuff because yeah it's everyone's going to have their own their own pathway through it but I think the important thing is to is to try
0: yeah definitely I I definitely agree with that and I think it it will you know I'll be very surprised if for for many guys that go it doesn't feel uncomfortable when they first go but give it some time uh, and give it some effort and I I absolutely guarantee you'll get so much from it um, if you just you know lean into the process and, and be a little bit consistent with it. So Chris it's been amazing talking to you today. Thank you very much for your time. How can people um, connect with you on what social channels, websites and on all the rest of it?
1: Um, yeah, so uh, my primary social channel is um, Instagram. So the handle is McGeezy M-A-G-E-E-S-Y So if anybody wants to wants to connect, please give me a follow there. And um if you have any questions, of course, just like shoot me a message and I'll and I'll try my best to get back to you all. Um I'm on Facebook as well. If anybody is a, a Facebook user, it's um Chris McGee Yoga. If you just search that then that'll come up with my with my Facebook page. Um if they are in London at any point in time and they want to come and practice with me in person, I'm the head of yoga at a studio called Cycle, which is uh, based in Oxford Circus. Um, The website for them is CycleLondon.com, P-S-Y-C-L-E, like psychological, funnily enough. Um, And uh, my personal individual website is McGeezy.com, same as the the Instagram handle. I also have um, all of my international workshops, things like that will be on there. The uh, link that I was talking about to the Online platform fit where I teach some classes is uh, in the bio of my Instagram as well. So if people are interested in in doing some online practice with me, they can find that there. Um, and just on the off chance, if anyone is a little further along in their yoga practice and they're interested in becoming a yoga teacher, I run yoga teacher trainings as well. Oh, um, it's a great way to to develop a personal practice, like to to get a little deeper into the knowledge of the yoga without necessarily having to teach off the end of it. It's probably a little uh misconstruing that it's called a teacher training because it's not necessarily people don't necessarily always do it to become a teacher, but um yeah, like a, a teacher training. So if you're um interested in yoga teacher training, the website for that is Empowered Yoga School, E M P O W E R E D yoga school.com
0: Perfect. That's fantastic, Chris. Thanks um very much for your time and um I'd like to be able to get to one of your classes in the future. Yeah. Uh, forward I'm- to having you. <laughs> yeah no it'd be, be awesome to do that but uh, yeah thanks very much for your time chris and um i look forward to catching up with you soon
1: lovely thanks darren
0: thanks for listening to the fitter healthier dad podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please hit subscribe and i would really appreciate if you could leave a review on itunes all the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at
1: fitterhealthierdad.com